1: special episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can reach us on Twitter, which our page is at Pod, and you can also follow me on my personal Twitter, which is at underscore
2: James Vickers. Hi, I'm Andy Buckley-Taylor. You can find me on Twitter with my user handle at BuckTaylor64. I do a blog all about Derby County. It's in the Derbyshire Times and the other um, various uh, Derbyshire websites covering their local papers.
0: Hi, I'm Russ Goldman, host of Cottage Talk, a podcast about Fulham Football Club. You can follow me on Twitter Russ underscore Goldman and also at the show Twitter page, which is simply Cottage Talk.
1: Yeah, thank you for joining me today, guys. Obviously, we're here to preview the sort of playoff first and second leg as a whole, really, I guess. Um, Obviously, Derby County versus Fulham. Fulham desperately unlucky on the last day. You know, that that big win streak coming to an end in the one game out of it that you needed to win, which I know must be gutting for you, Russ. Uh, And then on the other hand, Andy, who I know have given you uh, a lot of grief on Twitter over the last few weeks but you managed to hold in there and uh, beat Preston to the playoffs so uh, congratulations on that uh, I'm in no way jealous um but I'll, um, I'll A liar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah uh, I'm yeah I'm trying my best not to show it um I'll come to you first Andy if you just want to talk us through the game at the weekend obviously Preston needed Barnsley to win. Obviously, you were, you put in quite the dominant performance and ran out four one winners. Were there sort of any nerves around sort of derby before the game, and and how did you sort of play in that game?
2: Um, I wasn't nervous actually. Without uh, trying to sound too cocky about it, um, different scenario, you know, like uh, a few years ago when we uh, messed it up on the last day of the season against Reading. Um, I went there pretty confident that uh, we were going to pull a result off and the game itself surprised me to be quite honest because Barnsley were fighting for survival uh, and uh, I expected a a bit more trouble off them. I think they destroyed Brentford uh, the previous week, was it 3-0? And uh, I thought they would give us a bit of trouble. I was expecting to see more from Ollie McBurney and I know uh, a lot of uh, Championship clubs are on him with regards to next season, but as as far as the game went, I mean, there was some attacks from Barnsley, but to me, once once we uh, scored the opening goal, uh, Cameron Jerome, um, which he scored after a superb through pass by Bradley Johnson, the head seemed to drop a little, and and once um, we went two 0 up. they they, they just seemed to give up. And uh, it was a convincing win for us. But it it looked like we didn't need to get out of second gear. And and no disrespect to Barnsley. I know one of our fellow podcasters is a Barnsley supporter. But um, from the first goal onwards, I think there was only going to be one winner in the game. And, and, And that's good. You know, a win like this going into the playoffs... It's good. It's kept the uh, momentum going <laughs> as uh, after the draw at Villa Park, and then obviously previously to that, uh, beating Cardiff City comprehensively as well. So uh, that that can only be good going into what is a very tricky look, tricky looking tie with Fulham.
1: Yeah we'll we'll get onto the Fulham game in a second but I'll uh, I'll come to you just quickly Russ obviously desperately unlucky you know the the Cardiff result went your way but to go to Birmingham you know to sort of lose that massive unbeaten run that you had in you know the one game that you desperately needed to win you know desperately unlucky for yourselves how did sort of the game go and do you think sort of nerves got the better of the Fulham squad
0: I don't think it was nerves that's number one <laughs> and uh I think this really came down to Birmingham City, Gary, uh, I'm sorry, Gary Monk, setting his team up and knowing how to be Fulham, they actually had a very good game plan. They made it difficult on Fulham, Mm -hmm. and uh, it worked very well. Uh, Fulham had an opportunity early on in the match and uh, did not score with an opportunity from uh, Lucas Piazon. They were doing well in the first opening 10 to 12 minutes, but every time Birmingham City had a chance, To attack, they looked extremely dangerous and uh, they took advantage of one of those opportunities, took an early lead, and then they got a second goal late in the first half, which made it 2 0, and then it was going to be an uphill struggle. And uh, I've, you know, again, this is just my opinion. I've watched the match and uh, I feel strongly that this match had more to do with uh, Birmingham City than it did with Fulham. I I don't think Fulham choked, I don't believe in that. I believe that this team took it to foam and they deserved all three points and uh, i think at some point you just have to say you were beat on that day by the better team they were the better team that day it's it's hard because of everything on the line and uh they just got beat a team that was desperate to stay in the league it, it still was looked like it was going to be in their favor but they you know going into it you, they probably felt they needed the point so not only did they get the point they got all three points and uh if Fulham did get all three points, then they would have won promotion. But possibly Cardiff City would have uh, reacted differently if they heard the result, if we were ahead. Who knows? We're never going to know. But if I'm looking at it and I'm being honest, I, I thought Fulham played a horrible match. But there's a reason for it. The reason happens to be Birmingham City. And I don't think enough credit has been given to them. It's cause and effect. They caused us to look the way that we did. We played terrible. They were the reason for it. So we move on. And, uh, Andy actually said to me on, uh, on cottage Talk, we, we, we just recorded one that he felt that going into the playoffs Foam probably needed a loss. And the more I think about it, he could be on to something because when you have that unbeaten streak, uh, that pressure keeps building and building. Now that pressure is off. Now you can go back to just playing. And, uh, and, and now it's about these two matches. And, uh, there might be something to it. There there are two ways to look at it. Andy brought up both scenarios. That was one of them. The other one w- was really talking about could there be a hangover from that loss? Possibly. But um, I've seen Fulham respond to even uh, draws before in a very positive way. So I expect to see their best at Pride Park. Uh, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, that sort of takes us nicely into sort of covering the game at Pride Park, which, you know, coming up fast now um sort of the floor's open really I just wanted to first of all get your thoughts on obviously Derby coming in off the back of the win and you know you've said there Russ that it's never a good time to lose a game especially to miss out on promotion but that could be sort of the the kick that the Fulham sort of team need you know to get not necessarily back to basics but to take the pressure off of that that unbeaten run and you know going to the playoffs sort of solely focused. Where do you two see sort of the key battles on the pitch being obviously it'll be easy to point to, you know, the the so-called say superstar players, um, you know, the likes of Vidra, Cessignon. Are there any sort of key battles that each of you were looking at and thinking that, you know, if either of your player can come out on top, that'll go a long way to influencing the game?
0: Well, I'll start and uh Andy and I already talked about it. He brought up a player that I truly believe is key is Tom Kearney, but I, I'm gonna just put it to a bigger and say about the midfield three. If the midfield three can control okay. the play and get the ball forward to players like Cessanyon and then someone on the other side and maybe Ryan Fredericks uh on the right at right back, well then that sets everything up getting to Mitrovic. But I think it be- it begins with our midfield three. If Darby County can stifle them, then that could be advantage to them. But it, if you look at, you know, Andy mentioned Kearney, and I agree with him, Kearney's key, but also those two others, you really need to focus on all three of them. If you can take away that passing game, then you can really disrupt what Fulham want to do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's right, what Russ says. um, Key, well, obviously, is going to be in the midfield, and if we're going to have any chance in the midfield battle, we're going to need Tom Huddleston playing at his best with, with his uh, with his passing. He's known for being a good passer of the ball. But Bradley Johnson needs to keep up the, the form of the last couple of games as well. But uh, a threat from Fulham will come down the flanks. Uh, Ryan Fredericks down the right. Ryan Sessignon down the left. That's where they've um, exploited us in the past couple of games. Ryan Fredericks especially uh, gave us uh, trouble in the away game because we are, we're arguably weaker down the left than we are down the right. But, um, you know, I, I think the, the sort of weakness we've got to uh, uh, take advantage of is if when Fulham are on the attack and when it comes to nothing, is getting that ball on the counter as fast as we can. Because well, attack-minded teams can be vulnerable to the counter um, leaving the gaps in defense. So, uh, uh, you know, that's something we got to exploit.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus
1: taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, you mentioned there, uh, obviously, the midfield battle being key. Um, sort of question to you, Andy. Do you think that, obviously... Sort of looking at, at the Derby team, Huddleston and Johnson. You know, I, I don't think you'd find sort of many more experienced um, sort of centre midfield pairings in the league. Do you think that that experience will sort of come in key, uh, sort of to go in towards to winning that midfield battle?
2: It could do so. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously the two very experienced midfielders. Uh, Tom Huddleston was slow uh, getting his season going but um ever since then you know uh, he's he's proved crucial with his passing uh bradley johnson as well as tom um he's got the experience but he's also got the experience of uh being promoted as well i mean uh bradley johnson and cameron jerome obviously have experienced it with norwich city um but uh that they are two key roles and if if, if row just um set up with the uh two three four one formation we, we've got to ensure that those two in conjunction with the four playing behind the striker uh, make make a um good effect of of, of, of all their strengths and uh, close them down as rapidly as we can because um if, if you if you give Cessinjon, in fact, if you give their midfield free any room at all, they'll so I'm uh, um, you know hopefully Gary Rowett, uh would take and uh, looked at their strengths and uh, he'll set up and and have a plan to combat it.
1: Yeah, you mentioned there uh, and uh, I'll go to you sort of on this Russ. Obviously, Cessinjon will be the player that. You know, I'd imagine the sky cameras and the sort of the, the pundits will pick out as, you know, one of the most important players sort of from either side going into the uh, sort of the two legs. So sort of first of all to you, who do you see been the key for Fulham? Um would there be a player that you'd single out? And then secondly, um, do you think that Sort of the likes of Mitrovic, um, you know, the players that are sort of in World Cup contention will, will see this as you know an opportunity to sort of nail down their place in that World Cup squad, and you know potentially going into next season, you know, put themselves in the shopping sort of window for bigger clubs.
0: Okay, well, keys for form. We've already talked about the midfield three, so I'm just going to focus just straight in the middle, and because uh, I could talk about them, but I want to focus on McDonald because McDonald is extremely key to everything that Fulham do. He he will uh, protect that back four which is very important. He does an incredible job there, but he can also start the play up from deep. So Kevin McDonald is very key in this match. And then of course you go up to uh, Mitrovic and uh, Mitrovic is just someone that just scores goals and uh he needs service, so if Fulham can get him the service that he needs, look out, but that's, again, it's all going to really, for me, take place right in midfield leading up to Mitrovic, and then, of course, everything flows down the wings as well, but for me, if I'm going to focus on where I think the key players are, I'm going to go right to McDonald even more than Kearney and then to Mitrovic, but but uh, getting to your point about Cessnion, because Cessnion is going to be, Important in this match. And uh, you, you mentioned to us uh, off air in a little rundown that you do talking about injuries and suspensions. Well, potential injury for Fulham that could affect Ryan Sessegnon is Matt Target. Uh, Matt Target, I believe, was ill in the match. It was reported, I think, that he actually threw up during the match. He was taken off at halftime. And uh, he was dealing with an injury coming out of the Sunderland match. I believe... Uh, it was an ankle injury, but he played in, against um, Birmingham City, but was it did not look like he was himself, and uh, that injury could have been a factor. Maybe he wasn't feeling well either. We we don't know. Uh, I saw him tweet out, I guess you could say a positive tweet about this upcoming match, so I'm hopeful that he will be there because if he's not there, then I have a feeling that Jokonovic you will move Session back to left back, and I've talked to you guys about this a Great deal. Ryan Session can play left back, but if you want to utilize his skill set to its potential, he needs to be playing further up the pitch. So for me, when I'm looking at Session, I'm also looking at target. Is target playing? Then I think you're going to see Ryan Session play very well. He played very well at Pride Park the last time, and uh, he did not play well uh, against Birmingham City and. Uh, again, I think part of it, part of it had, believe it or not, had to do with the dry pitch. He was struggling with it. He finally changed his cleats, and I think he was better after that, but he did not have a good match, so I have a funny feeling. He's a confident kid that he'll be expecting much more uh, in this upcoming match, but yeah, he he's a key. If you get him the ball, he's dangerous. Uh, as I've said this many times, it's he might disappear. He, you might not see him for 45, 50 minutes of the match, maybe even longer, and then he just pops out of nowhere because he is extremely clinical and he's always at the right place at the right time. So he, he's he's a definite key, And uh, but for me, I, I will know much more about the effectiveness of Ryan Session when that starting 11 comes out.
1: Yeah, the same question to you, Andy. Are there any sort of key players that you'd like to highlight sort of for Derby that, you know, the sky cameras and and pundits might not necessarily sort of pick up on and then sort of to follow on from what Russ said, are there any sort of injury concerns or suspensions sort of with the Derby team sort of going into the first leg?
2: Well, I'm wondering what the setup's going to be because Marcus Salton, um, uh, he, he left the game early on Saturday with injury And uh, has had to adjust things. Uh, Matthew Vidra came on, but uh, if if we're going to start in the 3 1 4 2, they I'm intrigued to know who's going to start at left wing back because um, if it's Craig Forsyth, that means Alex Pierce will come in at centre half. Now, Andreas Feynman and Tom Lawrence have been in good form recently and. You know they've been playing in the middle in that four behind the striker. So where does that put Vidra? I'm I'm a little intrigued. I'm I'm, I'm actually wondering if you'll revert revert to uh, four two three one. I hope not because uh, the the newer formations work pretty well, and it's worked against Cardiff and it's worked against Aston Villa. But um, key players obviously Scott Carson's had an excellent. Um, Season in goal but his distribution when he's got the ball um, has been very good I think the two in front of have been that uh, Bradley Johnson if he can keep his uh, recent good form going will be key to us but uh, it, it's the it's the four behind the striker if we play if we play um, in that formation and the key to me is <laughs> getting it right and it's easier said than done but um, Obviously, Andre Wisdom will take the right, but it's, it's getting the uh, the uh, best out for uh, um, Lawrence and Andreas Weiman has also played very well. And it, to be to be quite honest, if either of them two had to be sacrificed, for the bid it would be um, very hard done by. But. Uh, <laughs> It's a bit of a conundrum, and unless uh, Tom Lawrence has moved out onto the left, but I think he's far more effective in the middle. Um, and, and obviously, uh, Cameron Jerome has been on fire the last three, four, last three, or four games. He's up the business. It's being able to uh, play him to his strengths as well. But uh, overall, I, I really, really. Finding it very difficult to predict what um, the actual starting 11 will be um, on Friday night due to that situation on the left hand side?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, there'll probably be sort of for each side, you know, each of you mentioned their sort of same position really, you know, sort of a doubt uh, sort of going into the game. So I expect that there probably will be changes, especially with the second leg then coming up, you know, not too far after. Um, you want to sort of keep everyone fresh. We'll go to you first Russ. Um, sure. obviously I'm not going to ask you to predict the second leg as well. Cause you know, okay. that'll be dictated sort of mostly by what happens in the first leg. But if, if you were to sort of preview the game almost now, how would you sort of see the game going and what would be your score prediction for the game?
0: It's hard because, um, it's two legs. So you're looking at the first one being basically halftime and, uh, it's, a uh, it's going to be interesting because Fulham did the exact opposite. They had the whole match last season, had Reading come, and uh, I actually like the fact that the second leg is at Craven Cottage, and obviously when you get third, you get that advantage. So uh, I do like that, but uh, it, listen, it's going to be very hard. It's going to be very tough. Uh, I have much respect for Gary Rowan. I have much respect for Darby County. I know that he'll have his team ready, and um, all three scenarios – at the end of uh, the first leg our in play. I mean, Fulham could win, obviously draw or lose heading into the second leg. Uh, So I'm going to look at it this way. I'm going to predict two to one in Fulham heading into the second leg, but that really just think of it as halftime. That'll be halftime, but it could be very easily two to one to Derby County as well or draw. It's, you know, again, I'm throwing my hands up, giving you a prediction. But I'm I'm gonna predict because um I will be predicting on uh, Cottage Talk as well and I'm gonna predict two to one to foam and then all to play for at Craven Cottage and there will be a lot if it's two to one that's not much of an advantage that's all I'm gonna say to either team. Andy said this to me and he's right. If it's not more than two goals, then any team can can win at Craven Cottage. It's got to be a blowout and I don't see either team blowing the other one out at Pride Park. I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, and the same to you, Andy. How do you sort of see the game going? And if you were to sort of go for a score prediction, you know, it's still a couple of days away, but sort of what would be your prediction going into the game?
2: Well, past experience uh, has taught me in the playoffs, you're unexpected. When we head to the final, and Parnell against Southampton. uh, um, It was two away wins. Last time we were in the playoffs against Hull City, it was two away wins. In fact, we beat Hull City three times out of four, including the playoffs that season, and they were the team that went up. If if on Friday night, say say, um, the game ends um, with Fulham winning 2 1, like Russ says, don't write us off. Very, very, very foolish thing in playoffs. And because uh, uh, I I I could honestly see it being possible that there's going to be two away wins in the tie again here. Um, if a push comes to a shove, unless it's a blowout, this, this game will go all the way, possibly even into extra time at Fulham, which uh, I'd rather not, uh, because certainly if it went to penalties, you would have to favour them with a the home crowd. Uh, I am going to stick my neck out on Friday and say two to one derby. Um, I think on uh, Monday, uh, possibly a one-all draw. I don't know. It's it's going to be. I I think on Monday night you're going to have two very nervous sets of fans, and it's. Gonna <laughs> I be agree a very with that. I I I I don't think there'll be any blowouts in this at all. I don't know if it's. Uh, heart or head, um, I believe we can do it. But uh, don't be surprised whoever wins this tie is
0: all I'm saying. James, can I just share one final thing before we uh, wrap this up? Absolutely. Okay. I said this to Andy, and uh, I truly mean this. I'm going to say it on uh, the championship roundtable as well. I think it's important to say when I look at the four teams and I look at the matchups and Aston Villa play Middlesbrough, that's a great matchup. Uh, but if I'm going to project and look at who could potentially be at Wembley, I don't know who's going to win between Aston Villa and Middlesbrough. But I'm here to tell you this is my opinion, and anyone can disagree with me. The winner of the uh, playoff final is coming from Fulham versus Darby County. I truly believe that, and I'll tell you why. Because I think Fulham and Darby County not only have Good, solid teams might not have the most talented teams out of the four left. I'm talking about Derby County and Fulham. But I truly believe we have the best coaching out of the four. Now, people are going to come at me and say, well, how can you say that about Poulos? How can you say that about Bruce? Because of all the experience that they have. They do. They have a ton of experience. But when it comes to uh, in-game adjustments or knowing the best for their teams, I think we have the two best managers in this matchup, and that would be Rowett and Jokanovic. I think that gives both of our teams an advantage going to Wembley. And the pitch also, I think, is an advantage to both of our teams. So for me, the winner of the championship final at Wembley Stadium will be either Fulham or or Darby County.
1: Yeah. I think if I was to pick sort of one of the four to go with, I'd look definitely uh, sort of completely agree with what you said there. Sort of whoever wins the Derby Fulham leg, like, I think will probably be favourites going into that final. You know, I think you know I don't need to sort of repeat myself or, or what you've just said, but I think, you know, you're definitely right with that. Um, but, you know, either way, I think sort of out of the two sort of semi-finals, this Derby Fulham one is the one that I'm sort of looking forward to the most because, you know, I'd, Genuinely just don't know which don't way it's to go. And, well, yeah. as, as, as a neutral, I think, you know, it'll be a great watch. And uh, apart from when Preston were in the League One playoffs and sort of our history in the championship playoffs, when it's sort of watching it with my neutral head on, you know, I really enjoyed them. And it's uh, it's a great time of the season. Um, but with that, we're out of time. If you two want sort to of let everyone know again where they can find you and any projects you're involved in, that would be a great time.
2: Uh, Andy Buckley Taylor on Twitter at booktaylor64. Also, do a blog which is carried by the Derbyshire Times and their sister titles on their website.
0: I am Russ Goldman, host of Cottage Talk, a podcast about Foam Football Club. And you can follow me on Twitter, Russ underscore Goldman, and also at the uh, Twitter page for the show, Cottage Talk.
1: Yeah, and you can follow us on the account for the show which is at championship pod and you can also follow me on my personal Twitter page which is at underscore James Vickers where I mainly tweet about Preston North End and quite a bit of German football as well uh, so definitely check that out if you uh, are interested in either of those um, best of luck you too obviously it's a shame there can't be you know both of you going to the Wembley final but I'm sure it'll be a fantastic watch either way and yeah um, you know, hopefully for you two, one of you does go up. Uh, but you know, if you do, uh and we don't have you on the championship show anymore, both of you, it's been a pleasure having you on over the last couple of years, and uh, you know, everyone will get to listen to you on the Premier League show. Um but yeah, with that we're yeah, but out that of That means
0: we're stuck with Jake though.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's there's pros <laughs> and cons, I guess, isn't there?
0: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I love you, Jake. If you are listening, I love you, Jake.
1: Yeah, but with that we're out of time Uh, we'll be back in a day's time with a preview for the Middlesbrough Aston Villa leg and then we'll be back after that once the two legs are done to preview the finals so cheers as always for listening and we'll see you next time